We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And this week, we're speaking to Sinead, a speaker and advocate for mothers and carers in the disability community. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. We are remote because I have a tickle in my throat and we learnt something in the last couple of years, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. Stay stay home when you've got a tickle. <laughs> <laughs> we could start another oh. wave of something in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and we're not going to do that. So. And I was just like, okay, I'm not coming. No, it's so great now because remember, I feel like pre-pandemic, I felt like I would have had to soldier on too. Like, yeah, come on, I suck it up. You should have to. Yeah, now we're like, oh, okay, I'm actually, I'm not sick sick, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's better. Something's and, brewing, you can rest. Yes. For the weather chat, it is so warm. Oh, my gosh, Melbourne. It's just like a, I don't know, it's it's good to be alive. It really, everyone in Melbourne's happy. We've got a week, a week over 20. Yeah, is- I was. I worked with a beautiful pea in Perth yesterday, and she's like, uh, "I'm just showing you. It's raining now, so it's coming." <laughs> <laughs> well, really dash my spirits. <laughs> I said a whole week on the bomb, and I believe them. Oh yeah, I'm like cracking open all the summer dresses. Oh, the windows on in the house yep. are open. Oh, the toes are out, Kate. The toes are out. Mandy's in her Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Enough yeah. about us and weather. Yes, yes. We have got a gorgeous guest today who we met on her podcast a couple of years ago. Yes. yes. How long ago yes. was that? Um, three or four years ago. Really? Yeah, you guys were only in it about six or six or eight months. I don't. Yeah. Think you haven't cracked a year, I don't believe. Oh, yeah. Maybe early 2020, early pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe. anyway, say hello and introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, I'm Sinead. Um, I am a P because my son has Down syndrome and autism. Mm. He is 15. I, don't, I can't believe he's 15. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How weird is it when they get above about 12? Yes. Mm, yes. Mm. It's a very different world. It really is. Um, and, yeah, he's a delight. He's a, oh, he's, he is a complete and utter delight. Um, and so, yes, I am, I'm a P because of him, um, but I also have two other children and married um, and now living in Australia. But we have lived, when I started my podcast, I was in the US. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in America yeah. when I spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's maybe ask our questions and then we'll get into it, yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll ask the first one. Do yeah. you have a song or a band or music that you love, you listen to in the good times or pumps you up in the bad times? I tried to think about this. I'm kind of, I'm one of those girls that listens to everything. Yeah, good. Um, I, 
and now I have a 13-year-old daughter, it is kind of dictated to Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you are in your Taylor Swift era. Mm. We really are. So, Which um, isn't a bad thing either. You know what? It's not. And I have to say, what was her song? It used to pump me up a lot. Um, We're never getting back together. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one like the say like to the haters and stuff. I can't and the remember. Haters it. gonna hate, 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 hate. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Shake it and off. And that you, that's the shake it off. And I that was something that I used to listen to a lot, especially when we just moved to America. And I'd be like walking into meetings, having no idea what the hell I was doing, mm. and I'd just be like, "Okay, let's throw that one on." So mm, wow. it is at the moment. I'd say. Yeah. What about? Did you win any awards at school? Okay, I saw this question and I've listened to your podcast enough to know that this question was coming. <laughs> I did win ribbons for swimming. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. That was as far as we got with awards for me. I usually got the opposite of an award. Mm. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did you chat a lot in class? Yeah, and I was very naughty. I was very, very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't like school or you found it hard or...? You know, in hindsight, um, I've got ADHD mm. and I learn differently. Yeah, of course. Amazing. Revelations. Yeah. And, I talked, yeah. I t- and I talked way too much. But I was like, ha-ha, I've got a podcast now. I know. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. So um, so you sort of answered why you're a P before, didn't you? Yes. So um, let's launch in. Let's say, okay, so let's go back to your pregnancy with your beautiful Torrin, isn't it? Yeah. And you were living in Australia or America? Okay. This is where my I start, my life starts, sound, starts sounding a bit wild. Oh, that's good. We've, I mean, I love a bit of wild. <laughs> um. I, uh, so I was living in London when we fell pregnant mm. and then we found out, so the night before I found out I was pregnant, we actually had stayed up all night drinking. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, as you do. And young. I, um, we had planned our route back to Australia because we were at that point where it was like we either invest here in the next, like, you know, four or five years mm. um, and I desperately wanted out of my advertising career or we leave and we take a massive adventure home. Mm. So I got off the bus and threw up on the way to work the next morning. And you I was were like, like hungover or? Mm. Yeah, I don't usually throw up on this much. Mm. Um, went home and we found out I was pregnant. So um, our pl- big adventurous plan, you know, cli- climbing to Everest Base Camp, all those things all changed. Wow. That all got thrown out the window. That plan was not <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Um, and we took off to Thailand and travelled around Thailand for six months and Torin was actually born in Bangkok. Wow. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. So, so did you um, have, like, you know, prenatal classes and all of that or did you just sort of be- wing it? Yeah, but no, we went, we winged it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are prenatal classes? We did do, <laughs> we did do birthing classes yeah. in, in the UK. Um, and we did have a doula in Bangkok, um, but we I remember about a week before he was born, and he was a he was a post birth diagnosis. Right. right. I'm kind of going. I've done so much preparation for this birth. I have no idea what to do when he's born. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that what happens though? <laughs> yes. I was thinking about it the other day because you know, 
Of all the other things, if you're going to have your appendix out, 80% of the time it will go a certain way. Yes, they might. Yep. something might go wrong. They might nick a bowel. The appendix might burst, blah, blah, blah. There's always the unknown. But with childbirth, 80% of the time it goes the other way. Like there's no way of knowing. So as women, and fair enough because it's happening to our bodies, we get obsessed with that one day. And you can't. Yeah. I don't even know if you can see past it to decide you if you believe in sleep settling or bassinets or co-sleeping. You can't. You can. mm. No. No. Um yeah, so I kind of I remember rushing out to the uh, expat sort of shopping centre and buying a book. I can't remember what the book was and just going, I, I guess I better know what to do afterwards. And, of course, we were travelling, so he didn't even actually have a cot. He had a portable, this, like, tiny little portable bassinet thingy so that we had in the apartment that we were, which, you know, was kind of like an Airbnb that he mm. was coming home to, very minimal clothes because we were travelling. We didn't mm. know. That's hot. Um, so, yeah, and then he was born. <laughs> <laughs> so um and what happened after he was born he was not diagnosed immediately there was it was a very i have to say it was actually a very luxurious birthing experience um and you know there was no one yelling there was no it was we were in a dark room we couldn't have the water birth that we had intended because the power had gone out and the generator wouldn't of course <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't fill the bath water but mm. he um it was very luxurious very like amazing hospital and the uh, he was born by torch because i wanted a calm birth and so and the midwife just hummed to tell me to push oh. wow yeah it was very calm, no bright lights no nothing and that was you Ew. know this that was not unstandard there that was very like normal okay. kind of practice for the expats of course because I was in an expat hospital um you know not a local hospital my dad was like you know is it going to be a it's not going to be like a dirt floor or something I was like dad oh my god it's (laughs) it's not like that like um and so yeah it was beautiful um and then a couple of he just had a little bit of fluid on his lungs Mm -hmm. and that was that was it and he wasn't it was about three days after he was born one of the doctors came in and um I was in that, like, you know, newborn bubble of, like, all the hormones and it was, like, all, like, you know, Mm, mm. um, all the wonderful things. And the doctor who was Thai and just looked at him and said, I signed some paperwork. I had no idea what I was signing. And she goes, oh, and I was like, oh, what's that for? And she goes, oh, this is for the, and I'm not going to, because we all know it's offensive now to put Mm. on, like, the Asian accent, but she was like, you know, this is, um, this is genetic testing. He has funny eyes, so we're just testing. Oh. And, then and had you thought anything? I knew. I okay. actually knew. I'm, I'm very intuitive and, you know, this goes to what I practice now as in professionally. professionally. But um, I'm very intuitive and I remember the first scan that we had, looking at the scan and thinking there's something up and I don't know what I'm even looking at, but there's, wow. some, there's something different here. Mm. And... Um, we had tested for Down syndrome. We had tested, you know, done the, like, as you sign your paperwork away, like mm-hmm. nonchalantly, like, yeah. you know, especially 15 years ago, it was like, so um, nothing was ever flagged during the pregnancy. And it was, yeah, it was just, <laughs> they thought he had slightly funny eyes mm-hmm. that gave it away because he didn't, he didn't have any of the other indications for Down syndrome. And when he was born, I remember looking at him and thinking, Again, I don't know what I'm looking at, but there's something there. Mm. And throughout my pregnancy thinking, we don't know anyone that's had a child with a disability um, 
or with Down syndrome, we're going to know someone that does soon. Ah, mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah. And I just knew, I just knew mm. there was something, you know, mm. obviously I was carrying him. So there was something in my body that was telling me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while it was a shock at the same time, I already knew. Mm. Yeah, but it's still a shock, isn't it? Oh, not yeah. to my socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still a shock. My legs out. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And we didn't know anyone that had Down syndrome. We didn't know what any of that meant. We had no idea. So it was all very, very new. So they um, did the test and then had, did you go home and then they got back to you or? Yeah, it took 10 days from memory. But I remember, I remember the doctor saying like, if we think that he has it, the likelihood is that he has it. Yes, right. Yeah, and he wasn't latching on um, for yeah. breastfeeding and, you know, mm, a couple mm. of, like, little towels were starting to mm. see. Mm, so mm. We, we knew, but the confirmation of it was, of course, at that moment very de- devastating for us mm. um, and for our family as well, like extended family. Mm, um, mm. And none of uh, them could come and see you, give you a cuddle, give him a cuddle. God. Can I? God. <laughs> <laughs> It all worked out exactly divinely how it was meant to happen because my mum lost her entire proverbial. Yeah. And was, they were all so devastated that they didn't see the joy. Right. My, My brain works very quickly in certain situations. And I remember speaking to our doula like a week and a half later and I was like, so, you know, we never thought necessarily that he might be a doctor, but maybe he's going to be like a special Olympian. Yeah. You know, we just have to shift our goals now of what we what we thought of a life. And mm. I also remember saying, like, you know, this is now we're having three children instead of two, and my husband's sitting there just going, "Like, hang on a second, <laughs> is his brain not working as quickly as mine?" And I had already, like, I clearly hadn't discussed any of this with him, and I was like, "So now we're having three kids, and now we're like, <laughs> um, because I just saw, I had very quickly wrapped my head around, well, okay, this is just a different path." And I remember mm. speaking to my best friend on the phone about four days after the initial um, he could have Down syndrome and just saying, I have been looking in life for something and I didn't know what it was. I knew that I had a calling and I didn't know what it was and I think this is it. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, beautiful boy. And so you took him home and you loved him up and then you got the official, did they ring you? Did you have to go in for an appointment? Yeah, we went in for an appointment and it was so funny. Um, In hindsight, I think the doctor had autism Mm -hmm. um, because he was so amazing with Torrin and then he looked at us and it was just like dead Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was no connection. But when you looked, and it's funny when you see paediatricians like that, isn't Mm -hmm. it? They have such an amazing, like, well, some of them have an amazing connection with the children. Which is what you sort of need as well. Yeah. 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 And then they speak to the parents and they're just like, yeah, mm. interesting. Very mm. methodical. Yeah. So um, we were just so fortunate that we were just in this love bubble of our own mm. and there was nobody coming in and ruining that. True. Yeah. No, it was just everything was just beautiful and amazing and we were surrounded in a beautiful, amazing community as well. The hospital um, introduced us to a nurse that was working in the cardiac unit. I had forgotten about all this. 
Um, and she had a son with Down syndrome and he at the time was like 18 years old, I think. And so um, she told us about all the wonderful things that he could yes. do. Mm. And he was a photographer and she just was like, you know, you just love him. Yeah, yes. That's right. So instead of like being handed all these like doomsday, nobody yeah. said to us like your life is some of the stories I heard with my guests on the podcast and stuff. I just. From yeah. the profession. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. What the parents were told and how they were told. And we, I think of how we found everything out in our journey with it. And we were just so blessed mm, mm. because oh, we didn't nice. have. That's how it should be. Yes. Because we're so it's terrified that- of disability. We're so terrified. And so it, I, I yeah, I don't think, I don't know. Um, speak pipe us doctors but do they give you lessons on how to talk to parents about stuff like this because it's it's a precious precious baby that's even more loved in that moment so yeah yeah. exactly and yeah and we we, I mean we did have the like we're so sorry like you know because especially in third world countries children with disabilities aren't exactly well it's funny it's they're revered because it's like a gift from God in a lot of traditions. Mm. It's thought of that this is like a, a, a gift, but then you know, also in some third world countries, they're not left. You know, they're left in the back of the house kind of thing, and not left to leave the house. And much. I think in some so, developing countries, if you can't earn money, that's right. It's, it's diabolical, and so yeah. that's why we are so grateful to live in a country that has a welfare system. Exactly. And mm. so it was um, it was interesting to see the reverence that we were given, but also at the same time a doctor apologising to us. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we didn't have the, we didn't have some of the things that I yeah, heard on our podcast. And when yeah. did you decide to come back here to Australia? So, well, we were, all, we were on our route back. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we just shortened our trip because we were meant to go to Vietnam and visit friends afterwards and instead of going to Vietnam, we just hung out in Thailand for like six to eight weeks and then we came home. Mm. Right. Parents. And we moved to Melbourne. Right. Ah. Yes. And then we lived there for like five, six years. Right. And then we moved to the US. So you did all your early intervention here? Yes. What was that like? It was really good. I didn't know what to expect and I don't know what it's like now, um, but Down syndrome didn't receive funding back mm. then. There was no NDIS. There was none of, there was none of that. So we, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember, but I do remember that we had like, we went to twice a week kind of like aqua stuff and we went to like play groups, but the play groups were kind of like led by a physio, I think. Yep, yep. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the the early intervention was pretty good from memory, um, but, and it's all so different now, um, but we felt very supported in the first year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But after he turned two, I think, from memory, um, there was no funding and we couldn't get him an autism diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Too charming. Mm. He 100% has autism, but in those days, in those early days, we couldn't get any. It was very stereotypical, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's a very charming kid. Mm. Um, 
and his speech apraxia wasn't diagnosed. None of the none of the things that we have had a diagnosis for were diagnosed in those early days because there's not a lot of kids that have Down syndrome in Australia. And this is something that I saw in the US where the population is so much significantly huger. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia is like the state of Florida and there's yes. like other states. Yes. <laughs> so the knowledge that you can get from doctors, they have a bigger exposure on it. You know, so here mm. the doctors weren't as exposed and we had an older pediatrician who we trusted, um, but he was older. So he had some kind of some of the older yes. thoughts. Yes. He was very comforting. He was very, uh, we had a lot of trust in him, but he would dismiss certain things like that's just Down syndrome, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas with hindsight and with new research and with new things, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so was that was that part of the reasoning to move to the US or was it a job know. opportunity or my husband works in tech so right. he got he got offered a job in Silicon Valley it was one of his dreams wow um, so I <laughs> I was I remember saying to him like no yeah please <laughs> we have just got our feet beneath us because our yeah. second daughter while I'm part of the P's because of Torrin, our mm. second daughter was actually born at 28 weeks. Yes. Yeah, right. Gosh. So we had a preemie. We'd had a preemie who had had three months in the NICU, and then mm-hmm. my dad had passed away, and then we had a third who we almost wow. lost at 23 weeks, and so I was on bed rest for three for three months with him, and so then we finally got our feet beneath us, and my husband's like, "Do you want to move to America?" <laughs> And you're like, no, I don't even want to go to Woolies to be perfectly fucking honest. <laughs> I can't even get out of bed, mate. Yeah, I just, the thought of getting to the airport is terrifying enough. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what planet you're on. <laughs> I mean, there's as much as I mock it, there is some amazing joy in the fact that they can actually consider it because if the offer had come to you, you wouldn't have you just gone by, hung up. But actually, yeah. it wasn't a bad thing, was it? You liked living there. No, I love no. I loved hated it. I did not love California. Um, I loved living in Seattle. Loved Seattle. Right. I could have easily stayed. Yep. Um, just the mountains, the water, the people. It's California. I didn't overly love. Um, I'm just- watching Virgin River at the moment. I mean. It's sort of up that way. Yeah, oh, I've not watched it. Oh my gosh! I mean, in the episode I'm watching, it's burning, but yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Seattle's just uh, it's it's absolutely it's God's country as far as I'm concerned, mm. and it's one it's of- colder, isn't it? And I love the cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's seasons there: autumn yeah. leaves and the occasional dusting of snow, and yeah. Oh, it's stunning. And um, the water is just so fresh. Mm. Um, but also the people, you know, the people in Seattle is, um, it's just a beautiful place. And mm. they say the Pacific Northwest chill, like the people aren't as friendly. But uh, Silicon Valley is a rat race. It's a very, yeah. very, very, very busy, massive opportunity, massive scale, um, concrete jungle. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, and it's right, very, okay. It is. I just, you know, it was amazing while we lived there. I was happy to say goodbye. Yep. So how long were you there? We were in um, San Francisco, like Silicon Valley, uh, four years okay. and then in Washington for three. Right. So, um, yeah, and 
it was the right time to leave. Mm. So did you have a home here? Like what were you coming back to? Or, you know, like. No, um, yeah, COVID really ruined our plan. Yes. <laughs> really, yeah. only you, most people sell <laughs> <laughs> I thrived. Yeah, I, I mean, Mandy and I loved it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I think back longingly to those days. <laughs> you know, um, because we always had this plan that the kids were going to spend, you know, some because you get 11 weeks school holiday. Mm. We were going to come back and find a house and, you know, the kids were going to get to know Australia because they were very young when they yeah, moved over. Of course, over. yeah. And, um, and, you know, Torrin struggled with the accent, the Australian accent. Like he really? at school, all his therapists, everyone had American accents. Of he course. Was, he had all of his speech therapy was done with American yeah. accents. There were things that I had not forethought, which wouldn't have stopped our adventure anyway. But, you know, he all of his learning for money, for, you know, saying. Of course. Yeah, miles, kilometres. Yeah. Yeah, everything was taught in America. So we had had this, like, idea to move back. That's not how it happened. Mm. The kids had no exposure to to Australia for two years, and then we came back in a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. it was really hard for Torrin initially because words like cafeteria mm. is not the tuck shop, no. you know, and even like in high school, he was, he had started middle school and high school looks very different to middle school here. And culturally yes. it's, it is, it's, we all speak English, but culturally it's very different. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that moving over. Right. Well, we all watch a Brady Bunch, right? So we think, oh, we know America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And we all have this idea of what America is and it's it's very different. Of course. So and what, it's different places where, you know, New York's very different to there. Texas. Exactly. How did you find some people over there? Yeah. What, how did you find friends? How did, how did you find schooling? Oh, man, look, <laughs> my only returning has been different because – my only understanding of schooling is the American system. As as a mother, um, it's very intense. There is a lot. There is a lot. It's very involved as a parent. Here or there? There. Right. You, you, there, there is a celebration at the opening of an envelope. Right. I am telling you, there is like Valentine's Day stalls at schools. There is Teacher Appreciation Day. There is Hanukkah. There is Christmas. There is Easter. There is spring fling there is fall festival there is like, wow you're involved in all of it Not just Labor Day week. weekend, all of it yeah there's halloween there's thanksgiving there's christmas like it's like there's never ending celebration and i miss it because the one thing it built as exhausting as it was yes. was community yeah community and i think in australia if you don't start at a school in their very early years and yes. continue in that suburban area and schooling system, it's very hard to it is. make friends. Some schools are better at, you know, grade five parent coffee, but once you get to high school, there's nothing. Forget about it. Yeah. And it is, I think it is a real shame and loads of people do move states or change, you know, schools at at high school and it's, it's hard for the parents to make friends. Yeah, but, you know, at the other side of the spectrum, I – I'm relieved to not have all of these oh, celebrations. Oh, yes, I can imagine. Yeah, pressure. 
it was a lot to keep up but it was a celebration i i grew to love it um within what it was because i realized once i got past the exhaustion of it and they're like are you kidding me are we doing another stall are and we doing people working full time how do these parents do it um look we lived in a community where there was a lot of not two parent right. households right so there was a lot of like the mums were staying home, but there was also, you know, equally you were just as busy. Um, oh yeah, no, but I'm just still like, yeah, you, I don't know how you do I'm it. Not really prepared at the time, I just mm. don't know. But it, they, they, it happens. But I, I, I'm equally relieved to not have that level of yes. having to read a dictionary. And is this like, mainstream schooling? Like, was Torrin in mainstream? Yeah. Yes, he was completely mainstreamed over there, and still is here to within the scope of what's available um yeah he was completely mainstream look we had a very we weren't you don't move you don't move internationally if you're not moving with um money yeah you're not you're not moving over to a job that's not going to pay well so my of course my husband was paid what like he was earning really well there we didn't have you know we were mid, upper middle class i'd say we you know we so we had we had a nice we lived in a nice area we had great health insurance right, we yeah. had, um we had those privileged benefits and i know that you have a lot of listeners that are in the us so i'm very conscious and cognitive <clears throat> to not um yeah. disrespect some of the people that don't have the great health insurance and, and so forth but we had a phenomenal experience there and um we and it's been an adjustment culturally returning it's just different um you know and i i think it's been really wonderful the exposure that we had there because it's also given me <clears throat> the advocacy for our return as well mm. so um yeah, it's, it's hard. I try, I try not to. I think there's there's benefits with America, huge benefits within America, within the schooling system for depending on your state. Yeah. We weren't living in Texas. We weren't living in Florida. We were mm. living in Washington State and California, where, mm. the, where the advocacy, the legislation, the education system is of a higher standard. You go to some of the other states that don't have the same legislation or they don't have the same standard of education or they don't have the same money mm. and you have a very, very different experience. Mm. Um, and even down to the teacher in the classroom. Of course. If you have a crap teacher in the classroom, you're going to have a crap year. Every yeah. The same. Um, mm. yeah, so... But we, we had a really wonderful experience and um, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was it was wonderful. And Torrin was so supported and it was really <laughs> amazing. Um, but, you know, we're also glad to be back. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Your husband, did he then get a job offer back in Australia or were you like, it's time, COVID has made us realize that we miss being close to family, like the kids are growing up, we want them to grow up in Australia? I always had a kind of like a cutoff point that I said to my husband that we should move when our daughter starts high school. Right. Right. Because of her age, that whole like icky, like moving her in the middle of puberty kind of thing. Yeah, moving in halfway through year nine. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of the, and also, you know, my mum recently passed away and Mm. we were very cognizant of her frail health and COVID, we couldn't get into the country. Yes. Like, you know, if she passed away, I had to make a, I had to reconcile that we couldn't return. Yes. Yes. So um, that was kind of the, okay, let's, let's cut this off now and we'll, we'll go back. Hmm. And so apart from the cultural language um, things, what's been great about being back in Australia? Um, being able to be with family, definitely. Um, it's, a, it's less politically led and less, um, yep. you know, there's a lot going on in America at the moment mm. and there has been for the last couple of years. So mm. to not have that energy, mm. you know, in the background constantly that's that's nicer it's it's a lot it's a bit more it's a bit calmer in australia with things so which comes with blessings and sometimes not so because sometimes you want to put a fire under someone and then (laughs) to get something done (laughs) laid back people yeah very true yeah but i want to hear about when you started your podcast and how did you get that going and what made you decide to do that and when did you start it yeah I can't remember when I started it. I think it was, 20, it was 2020 because you guys were one of the first people, one of the first guests. Um, do you know, I just, there wasn't much around. I think it was the same as you guys. There wasn't much around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? there wasn't. Um, I wanted to hear. I had, ex- if I backtrack before the podcast, I had actually already started speaking about stress and anxiety and mental health and physical well-being of parents within our community mm. because I had experienced burnout. I pushed myself so hard on the move to America and after, you know, we just had three different, very different pregnancies with difficult Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone. My yeah. dad had passed away and then we moved to moved country mm. and it was like I burnt out. And I yeah. was like, I started studying nutrition because I'd always had an interest and I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease and all these things. And I was like, surely there's got to be other parents that are struggling the way I'm struggling with a child with a disability that are experiencing this, but who's talking about it? There is nobody talking about it. Like Mm -hmm. what is wrong with people that they could, 
don't talk up and speak about how hard it is. Mm. That was one thing in California. I hated. Nothing was ever hard. Everything was peachy. I was like, it's not. They sucks. The dog just shat in my car. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to say bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was always peachy. And I'd be standing there going, I am pulling my hair out today. I This is not peachy. Um, and so I was just like, and then I started researching more, like what is, why are we not speaking about it? What are the side effects of all of this stress that we're having? And every time I kept on coming back, I was seeing that there was like, you know, autoimmune diseases, cancer, marriage, uh, breakdowns. marriage breakdowns, all of the things. And I was like, this is hard. This is all hard and nobody's speaking about it. So I started speaking about that. And then I also realized there's also this huge positive that comes out of having a child with a disability. There's, there's a huge, like, we're exposed to this amazing community of women that are warriors, mm-hmm. of children yes. that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have, there's all of these, like, opportunities where we grow. Like, there's women in the U.S. that are, like, changing legislation. I know, amazing world. women. Like, there are so many people, like, doctors that are stepping up, like, women that are st- stepping up to, like, advocate for our children, for our communities. Mm. They never would have had we yeah. not had these opportunities because but- of, of being exposed to these communities. And I was like, we've got to, like, lift these women up more. We've got to speak about the amazingness that yeah. of the opportunities and the exposure that we receive yeah. Because we get to see these, like, beautiful worlds. We, we get to see the inside of a lot of hospitals, but we also get to see the the amazingness that comes out of it and we get to view life through this completely different lens. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think, get all <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, obviously Mandy and I very passionate 100% <laughs> agree. But I think the yeah. other thing that's I don't even know the word for it or if there is a word for it, maybe there's a word for it in another language, but the only word I can think of is to be seen. And so mm. it's not saying my life is bad, yours is good, yours is good, or you know, yeah. yours is bad, mine's good. It's none of that. It's just being seen and and I don't want anything to be changed or fixed. I mean, sure, I would like legislation changed and things like that, but I think when Mandy and I used to speak or I'd speak to other parents, I'd be like, oh, this person sees me yes. and then you feel less lonely. Yeah. And there is just power in being seen even if for a lot of the time – Nothing changes. Yeah. And I think also I am naturally a glass half full. Mm. So I was immediately trying to look for, okay, this is hard. And I was doing all the research about like early death and dementia and I was like, this all makes sense, but there's got to be something good here. So I started seeking out these women that were making the changes Mm -hmm. because I also wanted to inspire other women and to to be seen to see other women doing it to also give myself that drive to do it as well Mm. yeah um and so yeah I wanted to highlight that that you know there is this extra burden and I don't like to call it a burden but there's this extra stress this extra like load that we carry but can something amazing come from that yeah hard isn't bad no, we say all the time, but it's still hard. Hundred percent. Okay, and so I think if people, you know, run a marathon, people are like, "Wow, you put all that training in, you did all that, that, and it's hard." I don't think anyone runs a marathon, even the fittest person on the planet. They still say that's hard. 
Yes. But that's not bad. I mean, I think it's bad. I think it would be terrifying if I had to do that. But I appreciate that. So I think the same goes with different levels of parenting or other things that happen in your life. Exactly. At the moment, it's hard. I don't want sympathy. I would like the marathon. Wow. Fuck. Go you. You're a legend. That's what I'd like. I'd like a bit of that. With genuine, not with a head tilt. No, no, genuine. Like, yeah. The head tilt. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, I think that's what I think I hope that has come from this podcast anyway. Yeah, and that's and that was why I started my mm. podcast was highlighting women that had started charities or changed legislation. Mm. Women like yourself that had started this podcast who had built an amazing community that had shone a light in a space that needed the light to be shone because mm. it's not dark. No. It's not it's not awfulness it's not um, like there yes but like you said mandy um sorry kate the other things in life happen that are really really hard and this is something that i've been sitting with a lot since Mm. our return to australia Mm. i took a sabbatical just before we left america and i I announced on the podcast that it was pausing and i thought in my head six months Mm. for six months because i just i'm carrying too much stress right now with the move in the pandemic can't take on clients I can't hold space for people right now because Mm. I have so much going on myself I've got to take my own advice so I I pressed pause and I was like okay it's only going to be six months and then a year and I was like okay it's only going to be maybe I'll start it again in a couple of months and then we kept all these life things kept happening and it's almost two years now yeah (laughs) but you can press record whenever you want and if you don't want to you don't have to Exactly. But what it was, was I realized, um, and I think, you know, both of us, all of us have children that are older and we look at these trailblazers that are coming because kind of behind us, like we've, we've built a bit of a path and, you know, they're coming up behind us. So, and there are definitely trailblazers that were ahead of us without a doubt. Um, But you don't realize when you're like blazing down these trails that you're, parents are going to die and then that is going to bring a huge amount of stress or anxiety or grief and you're still juggling this life that is very 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 full and now you've got even more and that has been where I have been really sitting in this past two years my husband was incredibly sick with um, pharmaceutical toxicity and ended up with psychosis lost his job um well, got made redundant, I should say. Didn't lose his job. Um, and I still was juggling a child with a disability. Yeah, no, and that doesn't change. Yeah. And how do you do that? And that's where I sort of see myself building forward, like, okay, you know, these are areas that also still need to be discussed. Yeah. That we still have life. I mean, you guys have been experiencing, you know, marriage breakdowns and sick partners as well and things like that. And it's like that's the these are things that life still happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it, it does. does. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I think it happens with, and I'm not just talking about having children with a disability. That's just my story. I think yes. it happens with less in the tank. Yes. So, you know, I think you're like, oh, this big event's happened. Like, you know, my mum is not well or whatever, I'm making that up. Yeah. I probably have less in the tank at the moment because of my life. So, yes, how do we resource that and how are we okay? I was talking to a friend recently and she was saying 
something about how busy everything was and, um, you know, something's going on with one of her children at the moment that's, you know, sometimes there's nowhere to go. You're like, I don't know who to talk to about this, No, one, right. you know. And so I was talking to her about it. I was like, I don't know either, but I'll listen. And um, she said something about the fact that, oh, I love that often when, because we, we FaceTime, she's like, you're having a cup of tea. And I said, I just refuse to be the person who won't let myself have a cup of tea anymore. Like mm. I was that person for, I reckon, 20 Decades. 28 years. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, Kate, you deserve a cup of yes. tea. Doesn't yes. matter if that takes five minutes out of your day. But for a long time, I couldn't do that. I couldn't give it to myself. Right. And so I know there are people listening who can't. But I'm like, yeah, I used to feel guilty about having a cup yeah. of tea. And so I think you have to, while I don't, you know, I always see those memes, you can't empty from your cup if it's not being filled up. You can. Actually, this is a fucking lie. You really can. (laughs) You really can. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) men can't, but women can. (laughs) Women can. (laughs) I think the unfortunate thing is that you do pay for it in the end. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. But there's also, there's no choice. So that's, that is a, you sort of lose some of your power from that, but you gain more power because you're like, no one. I could. I wouldn't believe that I've been able to do what I've done. Like it's. It's not empowering at the time, but it's empowering later. And you think, wow, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think if, something that's I also found in my own journey is when we do talk about choice, and it's there is always a choice, even if that the alternative of what you're choosing is something that you think is the most outrageous, ridiculous mind-boggling idea of like you know well I I remember thinking I didn't want a child with a disability my choice was that I gave him up for adoption yeah and you're like that's not that's that's not a choice yeah I love it it's an option but that's not the choice that I would make so I actually I did choose you know so the like while we say we didn't have that choice we don't there was no there was no choice the the choice was the most awful idea and the planet of the earth and I, I don't want that yeah. but what I do want is to be able to give my best and do my best and mm. this is the choice and that actually gave me a lot of power when I realized that actually even when I felt like I didn't have a choice the this the the route I took mm. was what felt like the only option to me because the alternative wasn't yeah you can think about it. Can't think about it. Yeah, palatable. That's a, that's a good one. Um, and I think it, even in that, it, that can be really empowering when we realise that, you know, using those resources and burning the candle at both ends is actually the the choice that I am choosing to make mm. right now because mm. that is the most powerful option that I have. And if someone else wants to make a choice that involves dropping me dinner or um, taking my kid out for an afternoon, I will let them make that choice as well. But, yes, it is on some level a choice. Recently I was telling my therapist that I feel powerless about a lot of things in my life and I probably haven't felt like this for a really long time. And she was like, first of all, I want to say, yes, you are really powerless. Second of all, write a list. Write all the things that you are powerless about and then find some things that you have power over. And even though the power list was much smaller, I felt so good writing it down. And then she's like, do a couple of them. Do them. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I think it's easy to be, and I will say as a parent or a parent of children with disabilities, overwhelmed by the powerlessness. 
And then every now and again, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit back or I'm going to try. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where is it that I can exert Ah. (laughs) a bit of, (laughs) yeah. And, and sometimes I think also when we're feeling overwhelmed because, oh my gosh, like coming back to Australia to the NDIS, like I was about to ask how did you grapple with that? I still can't get my head around it. And I, you know, I had to choose to sit that down. Yeah. I had to choose to put it down because my husband was so sick yeah. that I yes. couldn't, I had to, I had to go, okay, what I, I often have said, like our life in the last 18 months has been like an emergency um, room yeah. and I've been triaging the most urgent patient in that yeah. moment. Yeah. So tiring. And it is exhausting. Yeah. And, um, and so I just was like, okay, NDIS, I have to just trust that I'm often getting the best advice and we're in the best, we're being held in the best situation and I'll come back to it when I can think. It's so confusing. I think Um, if we get to think of it on on a long term, that's mm. what I try to do. I want this in the long term for my daughter. Mm. So if I stuff it up this year or something doesn't quite happen that year, Mm. it's okay. Mm. Yeah. After being now for sort of five or six years, yeah, rather than it doesn't have to be perfect. It's no. never going to be perfect. Mm. No. Okay. no, and it's, it's um, you know, I, I literally still don't know what I'm doing. Our support worker the other day said, do you know what code I'm meant to be? I was like, I don't know. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ask me about a code. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to go to the P assistant, Tanya. Because that's the only person that knows anything. Oh, yeah, Tanya. She? Tanya she'll tell you. And she, she said to me, like, can you can you look it up for me? I was like, dude, no. Look <laughs> up the code, my friend. I can't actually. If you're going to put it on the invoice, you need to look up the code. Um, I like to talk about having support workers in your house. I That is, I, like, my, my home is a workplace that is really overwhelming for me when I stop and think about that. Mm. People walk into our house sometimes and they're just like, this is chaos. I'm like, yeah, oh. I see them leave with a glint in their eye. And I go, <laughs> I walk into the door and I always thank them. And then I say, have a great day. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, super grateful for them, but it is another le- level of, oh, of yeah. pressure. Of course. Um, our support worker actually said to me when she first started working with us, because we live semi-rural, um, and it, so it was hard to find anyone. And, again, it wasn't the top of my priority list at the time, but um, she came, we found her, but just such a blessing, we found her through Torrin's uh, physiotherapist. And she said she often used to go home for the first two months and say to her dad, I don't know what to do for them, but I'm just standing there looking at everything. <laughs> I've got to do something. <laughs> Uh, in breath mine fell on the ground laughing the other day as I ran to the toilet because I was going to wet my pants from laughter and I thought this is a moment we're all absolutely delighted by this person (laughs) she fell on the ground laughing like we were just like (laughs) Uh, so but you know what we wouldn't have it no we wouldn't um, and how is Torin today? Like, I know you said he's homesick, but I mean, like, as a general rule, how is his life? 15 year old, how, yeah. what, what, like? Mm. I wouldn't mind to live a day in his life sometimes, I tell you. <laughs> um, 
He's great. Like Good. he's really great. Um, he now understands Australian accents. Thank you. Oh. Um, <laughs> he just, God love him. He just used to look at us. People would speak speak to him when we returned, and he would just look at us like, I can just imagine. <laughs> um but he's great he loves guitar Mm. uh not guitar sorry he wants to learn guitar he loves the drums you'll often see in my stories on instagram he has his drumming lessons twice a week with his drumming teacher from the u.s um we do zoom and um and they he has so much bro love for that man it's (laughs) Um, he counts down the days every week. Like oh, fantastic. Yep. How many sleeps until I oh. get to draw Aaron. And so he he's and now he's worked out, he's found on YouTube um drummers that drum to his favorite bands and do like, you know, they have the song playing in the corner and they do the drumming. So he gets on and he copies oh, them. Fantastic. God drummer. bless YouTube. <laughs> Exactly. He's actually a really great drummer. So he's he's living his best life. We've got a big drum kit set up. We just got a new drum kit and he's he's doing really well. And he um Sammy loves school. Some days doesn't, some days he's fifteen. <laughs> that sounds like a fifteen year old, yeah. Exactly. And he's made some wonderful friends here in the support unit and um they've got wonderful families. So he's you know, he just loves life. He he's loves colouring in and he just is obsessed with his dad and he's yeah, he's just living Good, his Go best. talk to your dad. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> his dad's always like the wasp bomb because Torrin is a little bit obsessed with his dad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he just he's just living his best life and Good. he's he's a great kid. He really is a great kid. Good. Um, and we're just so blessed and so, so grateful to have him and everything that we have learnt along the way from him in our lives. He's just, yeah, awesome. yeah, great Awesome. Yeah. What, what do you think the future kind of looks like for you and your work? I don't want to put pressure on you, but I just, what do you think is bubbling away or is, is it still sabbatical? Because that is fair too. It is fair. Yeah. No, I am craving getting back to work. I miss like, you know, I was in more regular contact with you guys. Like I just the whole, I miss everything. I've got Mel who lives there, our friend Mel yes. Dimmer. She's I we catch up for coffee because we're now neighbors basically, awesome. which was just such an amazing coincidence. Uh, because I met Mel when I lived in the US and now we live like 15 minutes from each other. Oh. Um, and Mel and I are often having a coffee and like brainstorming ideas. I have finally got to a place where my husband is well, touch wood, yes, kids are sorted. I'm you know, my mum sadly did pass away, yeah. but I'm place in the group where I can actually think operate um and while I'm a bit burnt out I won't lie I am excited to slowly be returning so I'll be hosting um meditation classes online and in person Ah. studio in our garage um but there is I've got talk of a podcast I've been talking to Mel about a podcast idea that I have like a little mini series talking about life and you know, um, resources and things like that. So that's idea-wise bubbling and hopefully that will come out next year. And um, one of the things I wanted to share with your listeners actually is, um, you know, when I do talk about resources for ourselves, I always think they have to be simple. They have to be so simple to fit into our lives. You you know, like you were talking about the cup of tea, like creating that space for the cup of tea. And I remember um, discovering a, a yoga that, a, a meditation 
that you fall asleep to, literally. That sounds good. Everyone has space to fall asleep. We do it every single day. (laughs) And I remember hearing about this meditation and then I became a teacher in it and I wanted to be able to gift all of the listeners a free uh, meditation that you can just turn on and it really helps support our nervous systems. Mm. And you just turn it on and literally fall asleep for the night. Oh, that sounds perfect. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, that sounds so good. So Better I'll... than falling asleep to true crime podcasts. Uh, not that I do that. <laughs> or ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I've done that too. But yep. this, I just, you know, I, I always want us to be able to have opportunities to look after ourselves as best and as simply as possible. Mm. And um, so I'll send you guys a link for that to oh, share. Yeah, we'll put yeah. it in the show notes or in our story or yep. something. Yep. Yep. Um, we'll put your Instagram. Is that the best place to find you? The only place to find me, and I'm only over my stories because I don't, I don't have time for posting or anything. Got no anymore. time for the grid, people. It's changing anyway. People it's changing love the stories. So people love the yeah, stories. Yeah, they do love the stories. Yeah. And so, um, so yes, that's that's all going to be coming to fruition. I'm taking baby steps back into the workplace, yeah. back into advocating for all of us amazing carers and mums and. And just, you know, highlighting how amazing our lives and full they can be. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you're you. an adventurer, yeah, right? You, are. you know, I maybe, no more. But maybe <laughs> in the future there'll be space for you to do a bit more adventuring on something that, you know. I really don't plan for any more adventures. I'm like, <laughs> I'd like a enough. boring, boring place. I just like boring. Fair place. enough. I'm, 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 I'm manifesting a boring life moving forward. <laughs> Mediocre baby. I used to joke when I was about 20 and I used to say, on my gravestone it's going to say, Mandy, not a boring life. Well, Mandy, <laughs> that came true. <laughs> I manifested that one. Came true, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, what yep. did I know? I did not know anything. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Shanae. Thank you. It was so nice chatting. And thank you for cheering us on, coming to our live shows in yeah. Sydney, having us on your podcast. And, um, yeah, thank you for, you know, celebrating us as well. Yeah. So we're grateful to you. many more. I've got ideas, girls. I've got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel thank like you. I stayed in touch with you because I watch your Instagram stories. But yeah, I was like, I can't it's been that many years. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry it took us that long to get you on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm divine timing. Divine yeah. timing. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll let you go and thank you so much. Enjoy your beautiful spring weather in your beautiful ideal rural australia yeah your house looks gorgeous yes it does i'm very glad yes it's a relief yeah, yeah. it is okay. yeah. yeah all right, all right. Well, thank you so much 